Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 to 15. For the love of Christ constrained us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Praise the Lord. In verse number 10, the Bible says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Praise the Lord. We are talking about kingdom stewardship, part one. The point was made very clear last week that the first criteria for the judgment of everyone on the face of the earth is the fact that the grace of God that bringeth salvation to all men has appeared to us all, that Christ came into the world to die for all of us. And because of that, we have been made, the provision has been made for us to obtain eternal life when we receive Christ into our lives. And thus, anyone who refuses to receive Christ or who does not believe is already condemned. Is that clear? And so the point was established that Salvation in Christ is the escape from divine judgment. That's the first criteria. So we are talking about judgment. We are talking about heaven and hell. So you want to escape it? First line of action, you need Christ. Then again, today we have to build on it. So all Christians who are truly Christians in Christ have escaped. Um, destruction or negative judgment um, at the first level. <laughs> Say first level. Yeah. So once you have Christ, you should pass for it. Then when you come into Christ, so first of all, let me make the distinction. So there is a broader set of everyone on the face of the earth and we are not able to separate the sheep from the goat. We are all like goats. And then receiving Christ makes you a sheep. So then we have the believer and the what? The unbeliever. The one who is righteous and the other who is what? Unrighteous. So we are the believers and we are the righteous ones in Christ. Now when we come into Christ, there is a way we should live. There is a pattern of life that has been designed for us based on the principles in the word of God. And we are supposed to be living like that. So a believer who has escaped judgment because he was in the world 
must understand what we are coming to talk about. That there is a reason why Jesus saved you and I. And in verse 14 of the scripture we read, he said, For the love of Christ constrained us because with us judge that if one died for all, then were all what? Dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but live unto him which died for them and rose again. So the Christian should not live for himself. A Christian who begins to live for himself begins to jeopardize their work with God, their relationship with God, because you will find out that if you begin to live for yourself, you are going to go out of the will of God. Now, not living for yourself simply means being the will of God. So a Christian who lives in the flesh, who lives for himself or herself, will step out of the will of God and other things will follow and there's a likelihood that person will lose his or her salvation. Are you with me? Come on now. So he says that because he's died for us, we should not live for ourselves, but we should live for him who died and rose for us. So Christ died for us so that we live for him here on earth. That means that immediately you become born again, you lose yourself. You lose your right to live a normal, natural life. You have to live for the one who died and gave you the life you have. So our judgment is based on this fundamental principle. That because he died for us, we must live for him. So if you don't live for him, then you are going to face the judgment. Are you there? And many Christians have missed this. So there is a possibility for somebody to say, I've received Christ. And they are still living for other things and living for themselves. But it, it shouldn't be so. It should be that when you receive Jesus Christ, we should see the semblance of his one. His nature and his likeness through you without any ambiguity. So a Christian that is a prostitute is, is, is an error. A Christian that is not in kingdom work is an error. Because there is a reason for your salvation. There is a reason for your selection, for your election. There is a reason why God had to leave his throne, come down here and die to save you and I. So he's going to judge us based on the fact that whether did we live for him or we live for ourselves. Praise the Lord. That's a fundamental principle. And now, secondly, building on this, living for him also means that the judgment of the believer is based on the principles of stewardship. Say stewardship. That when Christ died and redeemed us, he gave us all his treasure that is in redemption to be stored in us. <laughs> so stewards must be faithful. So you have received Christ. That's great. Tell somebody that's great. But you are going to encounter judgment because of stewardship. Because of what? Stewardship. And this many believers either don't know or have refused to know. 
But today you will know in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, if our salvation was for us to just while away time here, there's no value for it. But Jesus came to die and said, said that, I want you people to continue the work I came to do, you know, um, naturally, humanly. He was here. But of course, when he was here, you and I were not here. And so, he's poured his spirit into us with every measure of grace and blessing so that we will take over the work that he started doing in humanity. And he promised that if we have faith, greater works than what he did, we will do. So we are here to continue a work that he finished. But from one generation to another generation, that work has to be done by human beings. Remember, the rich man who was in hell, he begged Abraham to send Lazarus or the, the, the angels to come down here to, to speak to his brothers and sisters who were in error. And Abraham said, no. Here is human beings who must witness to human beings. It's not, it's not the work of angels. It's basically the work of human beings to do the work of God. The ark of God was not born by angels. The ark of God was born by human beings on their shoulders. The work of God is carried on earth, is carried here on earth, on the shoulders of human beings. If you don't make your shoulder available to carry this ark, you are going to answer for it. If you don't make your life available to, to perpetuate the work that Jesus came to do in redemption, you are going to account for it. And so, as a pastor, in our month of ministry, it's my joy to open this discussion with you. Because judgment is awaiting us. And if you look at the verse 10, the verse 10 of the scripture we just read, you'll find out that, let's read together one go, we must all appear. Praise the Lord. For we must all appear and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each one may receive his pay. According to what he has done in the body. Whether good or evil. That's considering what his purpose and motive have been. And what he has achieved. Been busy with. And giving himself and his attention to accomplish it. That's somebody that receiving Christ into you. It's great, but, but that's not all. Tell them again, receiving Christ in your life is great. But that's not all there is required from you. Tell someone, God requires something more. Yeah, when you have Christ, he requires something more. For we must all appear and be revealed as we are. Before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each one, each one, you, you can't, there is no way you will be given an opportunity to say that because of my husband, because of my children, because of my job, because of my, nobody can be blamed for you. 
you would have to take on the issue of your salvation and still worship as a personal purpose. Personal what? Personal assignment here on earth. <laughs> and I pray that you will escape this judgment. Beautiful. And it says that, so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body. According to the payment, the judgment is coming based on what you have done whilst you are in the flesh. Have you seen why it's a mistake to pray for someone who is dead to receive a place with the Lord? Because the judgment is not going to be when you cross this line. The judgment is going to be based on what you did when you were in the flesh. Hello? When someone dies, no matter the intercession and the prayer, it's changing nothing. What you did here, your opportunity is when you are in the flesh. Praise the Lord. Come on now. Are you here with me? That this is your best opportunity. That whilst you and I are in the flesh, this is where we receive the judgment. In fact, we receive the judgment here before we cross. That people who are going knowing that it's going to be favorable. It's like when you write an exam. You know. You now you know. Whether you will pass or you know what? Pass. It's clear. And when you, you know you will not pass and it comes and you have not failed, you know that they dash you. So this scripture is saying that our opportunity is here. We shouldn't play with it. Because when you die, who gave birth to you will not matter. The church you attended will not matter. Because it's what you did in your body that will matter. He said, whether good or evil, and he says, whether good or evil, is going to be based on what you did. Whether it's, it's at the side of credit or the other side is what? Debit. Whether it's positive or negative. So he's saying that, cons now, that good or evil, he said, considering what his purpose. Ask somebody, what is your purpose? Now, check the items that are embedded in the, in the clauses for the judgment. Number one, your purpose will be considered. Number two, your motive. When you are in this church, when you are a Christian, what your purpose is, what your motive has been, praise the Lord, and what he has achieved, your works, your achievement, very important. Hey. Number four, the things that you have been busy with. Ask somebody, what have you been busy with? Just ask the person, what have you been busy with? The things that you have been busy with. And giving himself and his attention to accomplishing. What have you given yourself? And your attention to accomplish here. So number one, your purpose. Ask somebody please, do you know your purpose? Why you are a Christian? Ask them, what's your purpose? I wish you could pass paper around and ask some people, what's your purpose? You see that someone says, my purpose here is to come and marry a pastor. Marry a politician. is to be a politician. That cannot be your purpose. 
God is not judging you because you are a politician or blah, blah, blah. You must situate your purpose in his grand purpose for humanity. For the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Before you have your regular human purpose, there must be that divine purpose for you. That the, because it is, you see, God created, he didn't create you to become a medical doctor like my daughter Yvette here. Nah. Nah. How? When human beings were here, there, there were no hospitals. In the garden was there a hospital? Hospital, they just came yesterday. Hey. He said we should eat the fruit and use the leaves. The herbs. We didn't need doctors now. Because in your minimum cases, we'll be counting the trims and that's all I could take scripture. David, 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 David. We in one way, we are in any way, not David, David, David. So, <laughs> listen. <laughs> you see, the, the purpose is not in marriage. The purpose is not what? In marriage. You see, the first purpose for the creation of man is to just take care of God's business, God's garden. Just take care of this garden, the kingdom. Just take care of it. The marriage is a secondary purpose. So everything that human beings will have to do to bring the other satisfaction or pleasure to your life, school, marriage, job, and all of that, it's a secondary purpose God is happy to make you have. Tell someone God is happy to make you have a secondary purpose. But it only works when the first purpose, the primary one, is fully on ground. So your, you can't define your purpose in a secondary purpose. You have to define your purpose in a primary purpose. And what's the primary purpose? That is the same purpose for which Jesus came here on earth should be your purpose. The same mission for which Jesus came here on earth should be your mission. The same vision for which he was here on earth to accomplish should be your vision. Is God talking to someone? So when yours is different from what his is, you have already misrode. And so yours that's why I say somebody is nose, somebody is ear, but we are all the body of Christ. So you have some, because one person cannot accomplish all. So he will give you a portion according to the grace he's giving you, a portion, a portion, according to your level of faith, a portion, a portion. And when we now all put it together, it will make the body complete. So when your purpose is not a purpose designed from his body, you see that when we put the jigsaw together, you will see that there is some EAB is not there. Because you didn't function. So he says that, that every joint must what supply. The judgment there is going to be serious matter. You know, people just say, I'm born again. Hey, Mayurim. No, 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 no. That's why it's important to serve your creator in the days of your youth. That gives you time. It gives you what? Time to be able to develop yourself in Christ and accomplish as much as you are supposed to accomplish. 
And now time is not on our side. So he said, your purpose, your motive, when you have a purpose now, you can have a great purpose and a bad motive. Yes. Some people win souls and sleep with them. It, the great purpose is that you are winning a soul. It's a great purpose. But sleeping with them is a bad motive. Like you can marry. Marriage is a good thing. But you can do bad things in marriage. And when it comes to motive, God is measuring the temperature and the readings of your heart and your mind at the same time. What motivates you to do the things that you do? What, what came into your heart? What came into your mind? What is driving you <laughs> at all times when you are taking an action? When you want to go and say something to someone, what is your motive for doing that? Are you driven by the work of God? Are you driven by the mind of God? Are you driven by... You see, that's why it's, it's, it's a major problem because you always have to put yourself in the position of Jesus. That If Jesus were in this position, what would he be thinking? What would, what would be going through his heart? And if I have to speak, what would Jesus say about this matter? Because you are supposed to have the nature... And the likeness, the form. So when we put Francis Aubin here, we should see Jesus. A prototype of Jesus. Alos, another of the same kind. So you are another. You are another Jesus co co continuing his work, but of the same kind. Are you here? That's why he put his spirit in you and that's what makes you a human being. A living being. So you are another of the same kind. That, so another means, oh, we can have a woman Jesus. <laughs> but inside, internally, in the, the spirit in us, he poured the say, sons and daughters. He didn't put different spirit in males and a, a different one in females. The same, he just poured on all of us. So you are another of the same kind. Praise the Lord. But what is your motive? In the book of 1 Samuel, the Bible talks about the fact that the Lord weighs our motive. He weighs it. Every time he's weighing your motive. To be anointed, he said he looks at the heart. When David was going to be anointed, he said, Samuel, don't anoint all these people. I'm looking at their heart. What's your motive? In this church, what's your motive? In the kingdom, what's your motive? What's my motive for being here? Your motive should be very clear. So that, because your motives drive your actions. And if your motive is not clear, your action cannot be right. So your purposes are the zenith of, of your life driving you. But the purpose needs all these element, motive <laughs> to help you drive the purpose. Are you here now? Check the scripture again. He said, uh, he said the purpose, considering what his purpose is and motive has been. And what he has what? Achieved. Achieved. 
So, your motive will drive your achievement. Yes. If your motive is to sleep today, you, you achieve sleep. True or false? Yes. You are just a sleeper. And after being a sleeper for a, a while, you'll be a sleeper. You just sleep away. You say, wake up, oh ye sleeper. So sometimes your motive is that me here, you may see, I say, 12, I'm going to, I'm having a siesta. That's, it's, it's, your motive will determine the kind of things you achieve. Then you say, I'm sleeping. I, I woke up around 2, sat, prayed, prepared this message that I'm not even able to preach my point. I'm still trying. But my motive was to come here and to pray. Some other times, I remember some time ago, I had uh, something tweaking my back after an all night. The thing was like they had put some metal there. Ah, when I went to sleep, I would just do one style. I'm waking up one style like that. I bounded here and there. It was not going. Then when I found that it was clear in the spirit that it was not a spiritual attack, and I called one doctor like that. I said, boy, this is chuki chuki me. Even when I'm walking, I have to be steady. And I preached with that thing for two weeks. Very uncomfortable. So I called this doctor. He said, oh, it will be a muscle or a nerve, this and I had ding ding ding. So he just gave me medicine. And the thing started going, hey. I said, Charlie, God's wisdom is deep, oh. It started going, oh, he just went. In a matter of two, three days, away bus. But in those moments, when I was coming to church, you know, and in a week, I'll preach Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. We're doing three services that time. So five times I'll be preaching. I missed meetings and other things. My motive was to come and do what I have been called to do, regardless of whatever was chucking, chucking me and making me uncomfortable. So, because the motive was clear, the action could not be denied. When motive mentality is not there, action cannot be achieved. Nothing can be achieved. So, he said, what your motive has been? Then he says, and what he has achieved, so you can see clearly. The reason why you are achieving nothing for the kingdom is that you don't have a motive to do so. Please ask somebody, because the way people are thinking is too much. Just ask somebody, what has been your motive all this while? Is it to marry and have your children become something very great and all that? Ask them, ask them. Motive is to do business <laughs> and all these things. Tell them that all these things are secondary matter. But your real motive should support your purpose, your primary purpose. So that you can achieve something. Praise the Lord. If I'm angry with someone in church, what's my motive? And if I'm happy in church, what's my motive? Why should I put on a smiling face? Because I'm a motivation to a lot of people. So my motive, so even though I'm in pain, I, if I didn't tell you, you never knew. But you come and say, wow, pastor is always bubbling. We don't bubble for free. <laughs> Sometimes at a cost. It's not everyone you see standing here. 
Sometimes you have LP Flora singing and we know she's very sick. But she'll be singing. After that, you go and vomit in the bathroom. And go and change other things in the bathroom. But the motive is to come. I, sometimes I'll be wondering, because I'm talking to her Friday, Saturday. I'm wondering, why are you on the stage? Sometimes she'll be running while she's singing. I don't know how she's holding herself. <laughs> you finish in our way bus. <laughs> but the motive was to come and fulfill what? The purpose. So, what ordinarily she wouldn't have capacity to do, she's given capacity to do, and after that, she can enter into a natural realm. Hello? Are you here? Are you here at all? You will achieve nothing for the Lord, and your judgment will be so crazy because the motive has not been right. Why are you being sent to the Sunday school? The motive should be clear. Train up the child the way it should go. God has counted you to be a next generation builder. If in your mind we are trying to eliminate you from the crowd, so then you'll be a who be a. Hey. Now, who buys here? The motive should be clear. Praise the Lord. The motive should be clear. Your pastor standing, I've, never, I've not always been visible like this. I've not always been in front. <laughs> I have been in the, look, the bad side. You are not remembered. But when motive is clear, you'll be brought forward. Praise the Lord. Come on now, praise the Lord. Look at, look at what it takes for you to absent yourself in a meeting. What's your motive? Someone's motive is that young call there's a problem. That, that's, that's your motive. That you are doing minus one, minus one, minus one, and you are not going and you are you are also recruiting other absentees. So it's like you are going on strike. And so you are demonstrating. But you can't demonstrate by being present. Like, what's your motive? The church can never be about a human being. It has to be about Christ. He has to be at the center of the matter. All of us, eh, we are some bruby around it. Your motive should be clear. It should be what? It's our month of ministry. It should be clear. If I'm not happy, I will be here. When I'm angry, I will still be here. Are you? Is God talking to somebody? When I'm unwell, except the sickness is contagious, but that I'm unwell, I will be in the house. What's in the house? I'm already, when I'm unwell and poor is when I want to come to the presence of God. Small thing. Let me stay away. What's your motive? Then you see that God has missed the personnel. Sometimes it's just Look, do you think that all these security people we employ in the evening to sit in the house, they really scare arm robbers? Some of them are holding wood. No. But sometimes <laughs> it is a psychological battle that a human being is there. So 
Don't come here. You sometimes have to be, the Bible said, a body have I prepared for you. God always want the body to be there, to be where it's supposed to be. That's why you can't be taking your body. So even when you cannot practically function, you have to psychologically function, spiritually function. Paul said that even when I'm absent, my spirit is there. So imagine when the body is there. And they have to touch the body of Paul. They have to touch the body of Jesus for a miracle to happen. So sometimes I'm unwell, but I have to still bring the body. There are many all nights I have done and I'm unwell. Many morning flavor I've done and I'm unwell. But I come here and people are getting well because there is something he has put inside of me. It may not necessarily be for me. Maybe me too, I can go to some pastor to pray for me. But your healing, he has connected it to my ministry. And so I have to present my body for your healing. I shouldn't be thinking about me. My motive should be that there are people whose destinies have been connected to me. And I should show up so that those destinies can function. That's the motive. Or else you won't achieve anything. Look, look at the scripture. What have you achieved? Be, what have you been busy with? If you have been busy dividing us. Busy demoralizing us. Busy demotivating us. Busy confusing us. Busy pulling us back. You should be, what have you been busy with? You just be, all these things are the things you will just, maybe, please, let's read the things that are there. Let me count and then assign marks. Purpose one, maybe this one will be 25%. Motive, we are doing 100% too. One, two, motive is one, after purpose, two, three, four. <laughs> So, when we do 25 like that, we share now the 80, 20, 20, 20. Yabro 100, Charlie. What am I meeting? We have to share it. Somewhere, so, uh, the, the motive too is heavy. You understand? So, we have to give motive to like, no, let's give purpose 30, motive 25. We have entered what? 55. Now, we have to share the rest of the 45. With, with, the, with, the, with the three that are left. So, 15 for each. 15 for what you have achieved. What you have been busy with. Now, this scripture, Ankasa, you have to read it from the back to the front. So that, and the things you have given yourself an attention to accomplish. Then you come to what you have been busy with what you have achieved, what your motive has been, then what your purpose is. It will feed into the bigger picture when you look at it from the other way around. What have you been busy with? Like, as you are in the kingdom of God, as you are in this church, and for you, the kingdom is here. The church gives you an opportunity to do kingdom work. What have you been busy with here? Maybe you have been here for three months, six months. You have to ask yourself, what have I been busy with? Have I been busy with anything? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Then you ask yourself, is it positive or negative? If it's negative, you now you know. If it's positive, is there a possibility to improve? Praise the Lord. You see that some people will come into the church within one month. 
They are relevant to Jesus. Some will be here for one year. And you, you are busy because you can be busy for nothing. And busy with nothing. Hey. Everything you are busy with should be helping you to, you know, accomplish that purpose for which God brought you here and saved you. Praise the Lord. And devil can recruit. You see, this purpose is you are being recruited to work for the Lord. Devil can recruit you, especially what you have been busy with. Devil can recruit you to be busy with his work. And in your mind, you are fighting the battles of God. There were people who came out that they want to kill Paul. They even fasted. That they will not eat until Paul is dead. And the Bible said that they thought that they were doing the work of God. You can be a full employee of the devil... Busy with devil's work. So everything you are doing, <laughs> if you are doing it to serve the purpose of a man, know that devil has employed you. Full time. And boy, when devil employs you, sometimes he doesn't tell you. And the, the mystery is that when devil employs you, it is God who will pay you. He will pay you with hell. He will pay you with sicknesses. He will pay you with damages. Because, hey, Jesus told Saul, he said that no one can kick against the prick. You can't, you see, you can't kick against the work of God. You can't kick against the men of God, the servants of God. I recently saw a very nice interpretation of touch not my anointed. Nice one. Yeah, nice one. Evans, come. He said that if this is the anointing of God, and the anointing comes from who? It comes from God. So if I pour this oil on him, and he is soaked in the oil. When you come and touch him, what do you touch first? So, trying to touch a man, you are already dealing with God. You are touching the oil. That's why you chop that hand off. And sometimes, you think only that the anointed is just the pastor. The anointed is not just the pastor. We are all containers of God's anointed here on earth. That's why I said, let brotherly love continue in your midst. Touching a brother in a negative way. Now you are touching. Look, some people are sitting here. They are the main intercessors for their family. What have you been busy with? Like, what have you been busy with? In this church, you can be busy destroying us. And you think you are fighting the battles of God. Why is it that all of us are going in a certain way? All of us are not as angry as you are. But you seem to be so angry. So, so bitter. Like for what? So it, it, and this one I was just meditating on. This. When you are angry, you, you are driven by pain more than principles. You act against yourself. Why do you, oh boy, why do you even have to be angry? Are we not brothers and sisters? 
So, to work for God, principles. What have you been busy with? What, what have you dedicated yourself to doing, to accomplishing? What have you given your attention to? I like that last one. What have you given your attention? Attention. You can be busy and the busyness is coming from where you, what you have been giving your attention to. If you pay attention to the word, like he told Joshua, meditate upon this word. Day and night. Don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. By this, you will be able to, one, observe to do, and you will make your way successful. And no man will be able to defeat you. No power will be able to defeat you. What have you given your attention to? There are some of us in church in the kingdom of God. We have given our attention to more secular and mundane things than spiritual things. But the Bible gives us the priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things that you are looking for shall be added unto you. That means that prioritize God and what's on his heart. And then when you now secondarily prioritize what you want to receive, he will help you to achieve them. Praise the Lord. Someone who says, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get a job. When I get a job, I will save. Get a job, you will save. You have to serve and the serving will make you get a job. You will serve and he shall bless. There's, you can't deny or abandon the work of God. Chase your own thing. And when you are, it's like an arm robber going to steal money and coming to give it to God. How do we use that money for kingdom work? Is it legitimate? But you should be trusting God to give you your food in the market. Are you here, please? God first. God first. So you can give your attention to attention to voices. Voices. People talking. Who has your ear would drive your mind and your actions. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are, how intelligent you are. Once a wicked person has your ears, you are gone. With time, you are gone. I was just watching something on social media. Maybe some of you also saw it. A woman said that the husband took her abroad. And then she had two friends. When she was going, the mother said, cook for your husband. Cook for your husband. So she went, she was cooking based on the mother's counsel. Their marriage was fine. Until two of her friends, one, told her that, look, Berman Noir Ebing, Obanso Noir Ebing. And you know, don't always cook for your husband. Ghana, yes, it is Ghana, not here. Because here, men work, women work. Berman Noir Ebing, Obanso Noir Ebing. So he said that initially she was not giving a yes to the friend. But as the friendship went on, she kept telling her, look, don't be cooking all this. They don't do it like that. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. So he said after a while, she was sleeping. And then he said, ah, this, this, this is my husband. It's a seed. 
So, the husband will come home and the weekend, the lady will not cook. When the lady, the husband asks, he says, Babemen So the man started buying food from outside and making other people cook for him, putting it in the fridge and all of that. But he realized that the marriage was not the same. So he said, one day she was sleeping in her eyes like God just woke her up. What are you doing? So she now just begged the husband that I beg go. You know me. I've caught a virus. <laughs> that virus is making me misbehave. In our church, we smile, so smile. It's making me misbehave. Just forgive me. Then the next day, she called the friend that you are a bad friend. I don't want you in my life again. Then she called the other one and asked the other one, he said, Share. This is the same thing she told me, and I lost my marriage. Meanwhile, no, 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 she was still cooking for the husband. I'm saying there are some people who will be talking to you to leave the church, but they will still be here. They will be here because they know the importance of being where God wants you to be. Who do you give your attention to, and what do you give your attention to? It doesn't matter how holy you are if you give your attention to pornography. Some cartoons. Doesn't matter how sanctified your mind is. If you give your ears to gossips, after a while you see that every word is a seed. After a while you see that you, as you are giving your ears, you are creating an enabling environment for the word to, to blossom. So it, to, it, you, see, you can't stop a tree at a certain level. It has to just bear fruit. So even as a pastor, isn't everybody I listen to? It's not even every pastor I listen to. I'm not interested. This Bible, by the grace of God. <laughs> what do you give your attention to? Some people give their attention to all the negative news in the church. And look, there are negative news in church. What are you talking? The church is the proper gathering of what you can call baller, baller. The, Jesus said only the sick must be in the church. So if you see us here like that, <sighs> this is the real baller, ballerization of life. If you want nice people, go outside. But if you want baller people, come to church. All kinds of, and you know, Jesus exemplified it by the kind of people who were around him. Some were prostitutes, caught in the very act. Some had demons in them that were cast out. Some were this, that, that. Some were thieves. Judas was a thief. Peter was not loyal. Denied him three times. Some didn't stick. They come and just go. You think you are the only one going and coming? boy. So as for church, oh, plus the Bible now talks about the fact that we are sheep. First of all, we are baller, and number two, we are sheep. He should have said we are goat. Sheep. My father used to see a sheep, like cow will horn a sheep, the sheep will be saying, papa, you're going to papa. 
Like some sheep even have some activity. Yesterday I was just watching one video on social media where a shepherd went to take a sheep from um, a ground that had opened and it had been entrapped. He took as he left the sheep now, jump, 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 jump inside again. Sheep, you would do repetitive action of salvation, sir. Every one of us. That's why the things that I expect that you should be over with, based on the training we have had over time, you are, you are still, Charlie, some people are suffering me in this household. <laughs> keep going back and I keep rescuing and you keep going back and I, Apa! what a sheep. You're going to be a, But thank God that you are still bought by the blood. Praise the Lord. And we are all still work in progress. So as for the church, negative stories, and negative stories say, demons, even if demons are peddling it, they need the mouth of human beings. They, God needs a human vessel. Devil needs a human vessel. Who, who are you paying attention to? God or the devil? And when you are in a place, why don't you pay attention to what God is doing? The positives. What can you take from here? You can take order from here. You can take excellence from here. You can take dedication, commitment. Praise the Lord. Some people just come and they just look for the small, small negative thing. And then you align with them. Say, oh, it's like everything looks so, so okay. No, there must be something fishy that you have become investigative. <laughs> you are looking for what is not going well. Let's see whether this thing is not a setup. Whether it's not this. That's, that's how your mind works. So you give attention to that. Listen to me. Whatever you want to see here, you will see it even if it is not there. What do you pay attention to? Put your hand on your hand. Say, Father, help me to focus on the purpose for which you have brought me here. I don't want to burn in hell. I don't want to live in regret. I don't want to disappoint you. Okay, let's rise. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.kpshousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries. <laughs>